You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right. Are you ready? Marcus, I got to tell you, this one has just got, I mean, when you, when you want to ascend to the, one of the highest places that you can go in life, when you want to get there, when you want to travel, when you want to push up higher, which is why our guests are here with us on the Team Never Quit podcast, you got to have a show that's going to be inspiring. You got to have a show that's going to want to lift them up, right? You know what the best ones are is when, when someone says that they've achieved something and you can actually see it and, and, and know what they're talking about. It's a tangible deal. A lot of people, education, for instance. Oh, yeah. Perfect example of what I'm talking about, right? I've got See a that? doctorate degree yeah. right there in psychobabalicious. On that piece of paper right there. <laughs> Someone said I was good enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what these dudes do, the only, I mean. It's big. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? They're not just, the, the good enough ain't coming home with them to hang on the wall. They got to have to go out and get it and and, and, and climb it. And, and there, it's there. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Slow down. Before we get in there, I just want to welcome everybody onto the guest wizard. As, as you always give me that eyeball, make sure we welcome people. Make sure everybody knows who we are, why we're here, what we're doing. So I'm David Rutherford, former Navy SEAL motivational speaker. I'm here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's Marcus's. Hello. This is Marcus. <laughs> no, mid- I'm fired up, man. Hey. Yeah. That's his midnight no, voice. That's, that's my. Um, that's my sick voice. Check, we right. need to embrace the fact that I am not feeling well, right? Check. Check. I will admit it. You motivate because I, I probably do not sound like myself right now over the, over the radio, right? I got I, this. I hear the same guy that I always been. hear. That's the problem. <laughs> about having an identical twin it, it, right right because right. so morgan in until just sit you know how it. fired up i am dude if i because when i do get sick i don't like to do nothing <laughs> but i'm fired up and you're on with me yeah we're, uh, we're rolling so we're here and we're here on the team never quit podcast and if this is your first time listening man welcome to the team because you're in for a treat because what we do on the tnq podcast is we introduce you to amazing human beings who share their greatest never quit stories of their lives. And, and when they do that, they, they give you some insight into hopefully in your life to ignite that fire that's in your gut, uh, to ignite that thing in you. Because what do we say here at the TNQ podcast is great stories ignite legends. And we want you to become the legend like the people we have on, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of what we do. We're a positive show. We want to inspire human beings with the experiences, not only ours, but the, the, these amazing people that we have on board. And today's guests, I'll tell you what, are amazing. But, but before that, listen, if you want to know more about us, please visit 
you know, our website at teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. That's teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. And when you get there and you start listening to the shows, do us a favor and tell your friends, spread the word, get it out here that there's finally a podcast in with people that are bringing authentic stories about never quitting, man. That's it. Reconnecting everybody who listens to this, like we say, we're all coming or, from the same place, right? Everybody came in here to hear an extraordinary story. And we're, we're telling you how ordinary the people were that they got they into it. it. Yeah. And connecting them like that. That's what blows me away, right? It's not like when anybody we've had on so far, they get on the air, man. And, and they're, they're, they're normal people Yeah, that all of a sudden. And oh, I, when they tell the backstory about how, how they got where they're at, man. And like, oh, hell, everybody has to go through that. Yeah, like, all right, that Where, was Where's the, the divide? Where's yeah. where's someone's stopping point as opposed to another, right? What what causes that? Why up do we... In, up in our brains. Right, that's what we figure... In our hearts. That's what we're figuring out. Right now, I mean, we're figuring out. I mean, you and I know it. I mean, we, we've, we've... Sure, we've yeah, but there. no one talks about it like like that. We bring the like pers- we do. Like the, pers- the perspective, multiple perspectives from multiple different vantages, from multiple different views, from multiple different experiences, right? That's, that's how bit. we're That's how we're able to... To pull these people on here, tell them that the most exceptional people that we can that we even know. Right. Pull them on here and have them tell us how they got it done. And behind the curtain, like we always like to say, man, is is what everybody can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we get going, so what we we traditionally like to do at the beginning of every story is just share with you a cool little uh uh segment from history or or a group of people or a person or a family from history that we believe there's some inspiration to. Because a lot of times we, I think Marks and I, we talk, we love history, and so, but history's fading away, and these great stories of great people and what their accomplishments, they're kind of fading away. So we like to bring that back to get the show rolling before we bring the guests on. So today's story, taste today's historical dynamic duo that'll help inspire you to listen to the dynamic duo that we got coming on, are 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 really is pretty an amazing thing, right? It's Theodore Roosevelt. And Theodore Roosevelt Jr. Right. Now, I know people are like, well, why do I need to hear about that, Marcus? What what in the we'll world? We'll get to that. What in the world God, can they it, teach me? Here's a beautiful thing, man, that you that and you said this, and if this is true, I hadn't thought about it like that, but you said that history's fading, right? Absolutely. Man, we're bringing the people on here who are making history, right? That, Living history. Right, right now. Yeah. So, so the people under the youngins coming up that are gonna learn this. Or reading about the people that we're bringing on in the books. That's the new history. You keep going further. So what we like to do is tell you that, hey, we're bringing the modern-day history makers on this show right Absolutely. now. And we're giving you a little perspective on there was some there was some history makers back in the day that, that were just that like— That needs to right? be remembered. You know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's, it's a line. We're not reinventing anything. Well, some people are. You know, we'll have some of them on there. <laughs> we we certainly right. have some of them. Right. And, and the but young the, man that's you know, coming on, he for did. the most part, man, you got to get you get it from somewhere else. Absolutely, right? you get that idea, and it sparks more ideas. <laughs> that's how you go off. <laughs> well, 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 the thing that you always talk about that I love is, man. You know, if you see a great movie, right? Put yourself in that movie. What do you think you're looking at, man? I am a walking movie and, and book cliche. Everything that comes out of me is something I have seen or learned and then put to use. It's that easy. And generally in a superhero format. Sure, man. But, I, you know, my mistake, I, you know, I, got, I like to say I, I am a, look, straight dead. If you had a Walter and dude had a son, it would be me. 
<laughs> That's the best way I like to describe myself. I am From literally. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. I am a Walter and Dude combo blown together, and I am the, I'm the result of that. I, I used to think it was Little Bill. Daggett from Unforgiven. <laughs> Unforgiven. Yeah, I got yeah. a little Little Bill in me, you too. You got a Little Bill. Probably a lot, got of, a lot of A lot of Little Bill. A lot of Little Bill. Actually, but, I am Little Bill still, yeah, right? Let's take yeah. away Walter and the dude, because that blew my mind. I was trying to wrap my head, and I he, was not he, getting there. I, you love the big Lebowski, right? I, I, I mean, I just, I the easy, the I, I am, you know me, man. Most but people. I don't see the dude in you that much. That easygoing spirit. Check, Roger. Yeah, okay. there's the kind of the perspective on life, right? Yeah. The way I look at things. Right. Most people don't know that because I'm I'm not a shut-in, but I have my friends. Yes. And they're like, I didn't think he was funny. I didn't think he was less laid back. And then, But I am very much Walter. Oh, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Is I can, What's he doing? He pulls the gun <laughs> the 45, the 1911. He's like, you can't. <laughs> lead night. That damn master with a nine-toe woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about the damn toe. You know, I, I, I can get to that too, man. But for the most part around my house, man, I'm You're the dude. Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm a dad now and a yeah. husband. I just love, it's funny, man, because those of us who train so hard to be like Walter, when we yeah. get to this age, man, we want, we wind up like the dude, right? You try. It, 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 it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's the, the that's kind of the point, thing, right? Yeah. That's, that's the, that's yeah. the purpose, right? To get to that point to where, you know, you can do and handle yourself, but man, it's not really necessary in most occasions. Just kind of let back and let, and you know, the dude abides, right? The dude abides. The dude, all right. So the, the, we got way off no, track. That was the rabbit hole. You know how far down the rabbit hole we just I, got. I, I, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, I got I got our carabiner up top on the safety line. I, I'm pulling us back up. Right. Although I hate those Jumar things, dude. dude. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a young man's thing. Oh, and we're getting to that. You know what I'm later. talking about? Oh, yeah. Dudes like us be like, what? I'm not using that. I'm not going. If no. we got to use that. If I got to pull my ass. My big ass up that right. And my plates, my bag, yep. my rug, mm, my med that, bag. Not happening, man. Now, Call done. a helicopter. Now, you know what I mean? Spy rigging. Right, yeah. Up. <laughs> I'll take, I'd rather have my. I'd rather take that pain. Yeah, I'd, yeah. But, I'd rather take spy ringing pain than do that. Now, if you're not familiar with spy rigging, is let me tell you, spy rigging is where they pull out this long, long rope on the bottom of a helicopter. You get next to your buddy in this harness that, if you've ever worn a climbing harness for men, it can be very uncomfortable in a certain area, right? And so the spy harness lifts you up, and as you go higher and higher that area gets cinched down more and more. And so I remember when I was a, a new guy and we went out, uh, you know, on, on uh, the uh, amphib base and they're like, all right, here we go. Spy rigging checkoffs, all new guys up. Yep. We flew all the, we did a lap around yeah, a lap the entire right, San yeah. Diego Bay, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, I talked soprano for almost a week after that. Well, what the best, the, the worst part that you don't realize is the road. So the, the shackles have to be close together. Because oh. when we're in the water, right? Uh, uh, absolutely. Being the bottom dude. And well, <laughs> that helicopter just didn't jerk our ass around all of us at the same time. You know, unless he's, unless he's pissed at us, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he'll try and ease you out. Well, that bottom man is drowning his ass. Like, this is bodies are running. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you can't kick us around. It's literally a breath hold. While you're getting <laughs> drunk through the ocean, so they pull you out of the water, dude. And I'm talking. Look, man. I know all you climbers. You know the rigging. You know what we're talking about when you're when you're when you're dallied into the side of a mountain, <laughs> and it, it's kind of right. It doesn't. Oh. 
It hurts. Well, with a helicopter, it's an up and down and a left and right. Right. Because it's getting jerked because of the wind. Oh, my God. And you're down there like a snot hanging out of a nose, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean... You're trying oh, to be cool and do the Superman. Cool. No, you can't be cool. No, you know you're trying to fly and then look around. And, hey, look at like yes, <laughs> exactly. And you got some ass who's not even on the rig no. going. Spread your legs. <laughs> spread your legs. Do you realize what's wedged in between my legs right now? No, I can't spread them. I, I am I'm literally locked together with the other dude's crotch right on top of my head. <laughs> Right? And it's always the dude who's de- hung down to his knee. Right? <laughs> Even when we come out of cold water, dude is hung down to his knee. What? What? What did you do in your former life to get that qual or that special gift, oh, man? Oh my God. Going out of ice cold water. historical and the reason why we picked this is because we've got a father and son coming on next right our guest today awesome guest got a father son so what we wanted to do is go back and and they had you know the guests coming on huge influence on one another and towards pushing themselves in the great never quit moments of their lives and these are some this is substantial so when we went back and dug in or the wizard started digging in and, and we, we we actually Marcus and I aren't much help at all in that particular area because we're knuckleheads and knuckle draggers. But the wizard found this great one and we believe this is awesome. Now, who we picked was Theodore Roosevelt Sr. and Teddy Jr. Now, now you ask why and, and, and how is it going to be relevant? Well, one, first and foremost, it's the commitment of a father to a son. And Marcus and I are sure we're going to tell you a couple stories about our father and our dads and how they influence us. But these two, what was remarkable was when Teddy Jr. was growing up, he was plagued with asthma to the point where he was very feeble and sickly on a regular basis. And it's funny, if you go and research some of this stuff, some of the crazy stuff they used to do, they're like, hey, kids, smoke cigars. It'll help you. Right, That's yeah. my favorite right. one. You remember that first one where your dad's like, oh, you want to smoke? Here you go. <laughs> whiskey, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, want to drink yeah. some whiskey? Drink some Have whiskey. a drink of this, right? That was bad. Probably a bad idea because I bad. loved it. Never mind. Anyway, so. I got the point, though. You, oh. The first time? Oh, yeah. You know, when you got to smash a handle of whiskey down <laughs> your throat. Yeah. You ain't ready for that. No, uh, no, it was horrible. Anyway, so, so, but the cool thing about it was that Theodore Roosevelt Sr. And, and, you know, this guy was an amazing guy. He was really wealthy, but he was, you know, he had all these charities with or- boys orphanages. You know, he he was a real committed guy to the community and the society and all that. But he was so committed to Theodore Jr. that he instilled in him this drive to say, hey, listen, granted, you're smart as heck, young youngster, and I love it, and you're training your mind, but you got to train your body too. You got to push yourself. You could, the person who wrote this, obviously, it didn't grow up out like that. No. You know, when, you, no. when you're reading about somebody, especially if you know how, if they grew up, and it's as easy as if they grew up in the city or the country. Yeah. You can tell who wrote it. If the city boy wrote, if someone's from the city wrote it about somebody from the country, it's not right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And it's like, people are like, oh, he's so hard on him. He's raising him. No, he wasn't. 
He put him in every, the same thing my dad did to me, man. He put me in every situation he probably could so I would understand it. Now, because I'm going to get why into it. Why do you it. think he wanted to do that? Well, he was sick. And I, look, man, if, when I had a weakness or if I wasn't good at something, man, my dad, I didn't, truthfully, I didn't have anything that plagued me. I had, right. I, I was, I had strabismus. I was cross-eyed real bad and I was skinny and all that <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, that ain't, not, none that's of the not right, so asthma not back in the day, right? Yeah, so that could kill you I, back I then. know some, some of my, uh, my cousins and stuff like that, what, the way it works is you focus them on something and take their mind off of right. that that ailment Which right, is show, right. Yep. and what that does is it shows you that you're capable of anything even if you got, if you got it because a lot of that stuff when you get out there especially out in the country man when you start working you don't have time to think about no. something hurting or no. uh, or something I got and then when you're done with it he's like see I, I told you you're capable of this man well, what I love is, is he was so aware of saying hey just because we're wealthy doesn't mean you're gonna make it through well, that, this yeah absolutely yeah. right and, and that's, got, that's what you need man because, yeah and who was saying that the other day it was tough right right because all the stuff that we've all been through man and some of it was bad I mean we ended up in the hospital or in jail <laughs> or whatever yeah, it was whatever it might be but do you notice that those are the times that we learn the most Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, or had the best story from. And in the I, greatest level of pain. Right. And without, I'm not talking about hurting some, you know, killing somebody and stuff like that. I'm right. just talking about general conduct that the, 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 the general masses deemed inappropriate. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's what we're talking absolutely. about. Absolutely. Not, not, not child abuse. No, no, no. no right. No. Just <laughs> general mischief, being an outlaw kind <laughs> yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, what was my point? Well, your point is, is that when fathers see their sons and they need that proper influence, they're going to push them out. They're going to make them feel a little bit. It talks about the hard time. Right. It's okay. Right. Like, I, look, I, I, I literally think that I, I trained my whole life to be a father. Right. And I, I remembered everything and I wrote it down and I studied it. So look, man, I know how much pain he can take before he's really hurt. <laughs> right. Crying now. and a little blood's not really hurting. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. If we're out here playing baseball or, or football or riding horses and he right. falls off. You get back up. Right. Uh, hey, we talked about what's the worst sound a human being makes, right? It's when the wind's knocked out of them. Hey! Yeah, that, uh, hey! You, know, you can't even replicate it hey! unless somebody literally punches you in the chest and your soul flies out of your body, okay? I learned more yeah. lessons that way. That way. In that moment. Than I ever did sitting down and someone telling me how bad it sucked. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And irregardless of how much my favorite commercial is that dad... It's a, I think it's a, a car commercial right. with the dad's his son's playing somewhere. Yeah, his dad comes yeah. running over and grabs him, but he takes the hit. The yeah. dad keeps taking the hit. <laughs> of course we're going to do that, dude. Yeah. That's a, a parent, little bit. Right. A little bit. Yeah, we're going to pull out. But, I mean, there are times when I'm stepping back and, I, and I'll see people like, uh-oh, and I'm like, let it play out. Yeah, you got to. Because gotta it builds it. the character, right? Right, man, just let it play out. Because I would you, not let you hurt yourself to a point to where... You're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's what... Theodore Roosevelt Sr. was doing. He saw the potential in his son, but because of the weakness, because of, of how bad he was and how, you know, how he struggled, you know, I mean, I think that really made things more difficult, you know, could have made things more difficult if he hadn't pushed his son, which he did. And the beauty of it is his son decided, you know what, my old man's right. I'm going to push myself harder. I'm going to, I'm going to. Um, okay, in, the, in the beginning, especially back in those days, and even now, look, a lot, some people are like, hey, you're, like, you know, you're pushing this on your son. You're pushing your son. Well, he's a kid. He doesn't know anything yet. I'm right. not pushing him. I'm teaching him. I like that. You know what I'm talking about? I like that. And uh, so often in our society, people misconstrue the lesson that needs to be used right. I, with, with 
with uh, making oh, your kid him in danger. Road, Take, right? Bringing that kid into this world was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, chaos and pain are is definitely a matter of perspective. Absolutely. We've I mean, people think we're nuts it, for yeah. jumping out of an airplane. I think we're nuts for jumping out of an airplane. I hate that. You know I hate it. My Not hands start sweating just thinking about it. But damn it. I mean, you I know how it. to do it. You yeah, do it. My boys are going. I'm going. You knew it because we knew when you, when you accomplish that and you push yourself and you become strong, both physically, mentally, and spiritually, then you're able to create great things. You know, one of the things that his dad said to him, he goes, Theodora, you have the mind, but you don't have the body. You must make your body, right? And you can hear the old cat saying that to him, and it invests in his heart, and he pushes him. So what happens to Theodore Roosevelt? You know how I always explain that? that happens? You build a temple. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Have you ever seen temples around the world? They don't all look the same, man. At all. When you build your body around what's going on inside, if, there's a, if there is a deficient part of it, right. you build around it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You mold yourself. You mold what you got. And I, it's always funny to me. And, and Wizards, you know, is the perfect example of this right now. So how often do you use your really your lesser hand, your weaker hand? Almost never. Correct. But if it gets Almost. cut off, it's always it, it's for some reason it becomes a great tragedy. I lost my hand. Don't you never use some bitch anyways? If it's your dominant hand, you learn. I'm I look. It, don't get me wrong. I know it sucks when you lose an appendage. Trust me. I, I've seen it. I got my boy. I, I get that. But my point is, it's not life ending, right? No, you rise to the occasion. You, you see these kids with with nothing but toes. Yeah, yeah. Getting it done. Getting it done. And I, I just think that whole pain and t terror is a matter of perspective, and so is teaching. If you have somebody whose matter of perspective is, I can handle damn near anything. Absolutely. And I know how far I can go before the human body really starts to take a hit, mentally and, and physically. physically. And spiritually. Correct. Absolutely. All that, we talk about those pillars. Yep. And why my son was going to be ready. Oh, for sure. And, and, and my you, daughter. And if you don't do it, my old man always used to. Somebody else is going to. Oh, well, yeah, well, the, the problem is, is... Hey, look, man, the perfect example of that is with weapons. Okay. You, look, people are so scared of weapons that they keep their children away from... Yeah, you keep children away from... My son knows not to even look at that thing. Yeah. Then the way I was taught, when I get to a certain... I didn't touch a gun until I was 11, but I knew exactly what it was capable of and yeah. everything about it. Right. And then, yeah, you're not a kid anymore. Now you're this, so I'm going to show you what this is and what it does, and I'm going to teach you the safety. And then after you learn the safety for these many years, I'm going to teach you how to shoot it. Right. That's, there's no, there is no deader than graveyard dead. My godfather yep. said that every day. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. But if you don't teach that child proper way to handle a weapon, Movies that's will. What, that's the problem. Somebody else. Well. Someone else is going to. Well. That's what you're telling me, right? You're telling me that I hate guns or I hate weapons so much that I don't want to have anything to do with them. I'm going to let somebody else teach my kid how to do it. Well, and that's the perspective I think that we're trying to drill down on right here with this story that leads into our guest is the fact that, you know, people out there are always going to question how other people raise their sure, kids. Sure, because we live together. Because we live together, right? But here's the deal. I mean, if you're a solid parent, a solid person, your perspective on that pain and that fear and all that is going to be different than others. But you and know, that's that that, that it, goes deeper. Than that goes it goes to like towns, man, well, neighborhoods. That's it, divided by just geographically divided cultural by cultural differences. Right. Absolutely. There's literally um, in a span of a mile, two families will think completely different or something like that. Right. Right. And that's when you stop interacting with each other. 
As Towns, you remember? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Towns Square, everybody knew everybody. So if that kid got out of line, you're like, oh, that's old a trail boy. Yeah. I call Snatch his daddy. Up. Yeah. Snatch his ass up. Call his daddy because he, he's going to get whipped right here in front of everybody. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I mean? And there was, I'm, I've been whipped in front of everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It didn't ruin my life. I just didn't do that again. <laughs> the point we're trying to make, all right, if you're confused, is that the fact is that if you want to become great and learn your never quit story, you've got to accept some hardships, some challenges, some discipline, some some something something that's going to fortify you. Because ultimately, when you look at Teddy Roosevelt Jr., his dad died young, 46 years old from cancer that he hid from the family. What did Teddy Roosevelt go on to do? Become one of the greatest presidents in our nation's history. And that's what happens. That's what needs to happen. Look, when you got a kid who's sick, man, and they know that they're sick, that's what they know. Yeah. You, the, the best part about having an adult around is when they're looking down at you and they repeatedly tell you, hey, it's going to be all right. Right. Ain't going to be no big deal. You accomplished greatness. That this is Asthma could mean anything to a kid. It could be life-ending because yeah. he can't do something, right? As simple as that. Absolutely. You got some, if you got somebody backing you up, you're going to do great things. You're going to climb to great heights. And at the very least, you can think that you can, right? Well, and, and that's how it starts, right? You're like, in my head, I believe in myself because oh, my dad believed in me. And all I needed to do was just take a step forward. And then one step led to him being our president. Well, right? I'll tell you what. Our next guests have gone on some steps, some huge steps, some absolutely incredible steps. And, 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 and so I want to, you know, get them on, bring them on. But I want to first... Let you know, we've got Jordan and Paul Romero, and maybe you haven't heard of them, maybe you have, but let me tell you what, Jordan Romero is the youngest human being in human history to summit Mount Everest. He made this climb May 2010 at 13 years old, but that's not all about Jordan that's remarkable. Not only did it that, at nine, he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, youngest there, Mount uh, Elbrus in Russia, Mount Anacagawuga in Argentina. Did I get that right? Anna I tell, what did I, I tell you about that? <laughs> say Argentina, damn it. In India. You know what I mean? He did what not, was it the other day? Denali. Oh, oh, and, <laughs> don't try and say those words. Denali. I'm the smart one. Right. Denali in 2008, right? And then Mount uh, Karastensis, which is a pyramid in Indonesia. It has nothing to do with <laughs> being intelligent, because we all know that. It has to do with having the, the be able to have that, the draw, <laughs> the, the native draw to spit that word I out. I can't spit you know, that out. Right? I, I take the heat on that. But I'm not going to quit trying on how to pronounce it. So we're having Jordan. And the amazing thing about this, he did it with his incredible father, Paul, who's in it. Well, you know, he's got this uh, amazing performance track record. He's one of the biggest uh, ultra athletes in the world. He's an ultra athlete coach up in Canada, and he'll tell you all about that. But these two, this team, along with uh, their former stepmother, I mean, they got together and they accomplished one of the greatest things that humans could ever accomplish. And this young man did it all by the time he was 15 years old. Right. So without further ado, Marcus, let's get him on the show. All right, Marcus, man, you know it. Once again, 
it just, I was in the back and, and, and I, I was dousing myself in kerosene because this one, man, is I went to go be, get the lighter. Remember, you, I was looking for it. You were looking yeah. for the lighter because I was going to catch on fire on this one because it's not often. I mean, we have insane guests that come on this show, right? They're really amazing people. You know, uh, we Governor Perry. We got Dustin Pedroia, Diana Nyad. I mean, we've had some incredible human beings. But for the first time, and this is why I'm so stoked, for the first time, We've got a team on, right? Just like we were in the SEAL teams, just like the Brotherhood, we've got a team on the air. Yep. And and so that 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 makes that's a place in my heart that I, I gotta tell you is the coolest thing on the planet. So let me just bring these two. Let me just again, I gave you the little intro, but here's the thing is when you think about Jordan and Paul Romero and you read their story. And you hear about, you hear that the way they describe their adventures together, their treks together, their their relationship together. Man, that's what, Marcus, that's what you and I are talking about. That's where the never quit mentality exists, is in that unification, that teamwork, that drive to be with each other, man. And we've got them here. Right. And that's what, I mean, it's the crazy part about it or the unique thing about it is how it brought it together. So I, I'm not a big climber, Right. <laughs> wouldn't follow any of that. Heard the name, but when you when you when you become something like I, when I transition to being a dad, so I want to go on every adventure I possibly can with my kid. And when you when when you're looking to do that, you look for uh, at other fathers on duos who do great stuff, how they started and how they and that's how I found out about them. Yeah. So it took that it took me having a kid, but to, to to get into the world. But then once you get in, you're like, man, I, I'm so glad I know you exist. Oh my God, it makes the world better. So without further ado, I want to introduce Jordan and Paul Romero. Jordan, Paul, welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. Thank you, gentlemen, for having us on. It's an absolute pleasure. Aloha, gentlemen. Let's do this. All right. So I also Pleasure. just want to say that we got calls coming in right now from Maui, Hawaii, right? And, and Jordan, you're in British Columbia right now, right? Yep. Squamish, uh, British Columbia. One of the oh. most beautiful places on earth. So God bless. How bad, man? He, he, now, now, Jordan, what you just did now is like Marcus, like, hey, man, let's go up there and do a show. <laughs> Hot, man. Rain <laughs> flooding every day. I'm... <laughs> All or, right. or Maui. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, Jen. So what the way the way we get the Team Never Quit podcast going, right, is we got to start loosening up our prefrontal cortexes, right? We got to do a little exercise in the, in the cranium. The gray matter up there has got to shake around a little bit, a little coup, counter coup. All right, so what we do is we give a mad minute, baby. We come out, and I'm going to throw 10, 15 questions at you guys. And when I start throwing these at you, just say the first thing that comes in your mind. And what I'll do is I'll alternate. I'll go from Jordan to Paul, Paul to Jordan. Or, right. or do you just want to throw the question right. out and first answer that comes back? Yeah, well, let, we could do that. That's Let's, mad. That's mad. That is mad. That's pretty mad, well, right? You, you know who I am. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little excited about this. Uh, this is awesome. All right. All right. We'll do them both at the same time. You Or just, you know, be courteous. Or Jordan, you answer first. Paul, you answer <laughs> second. All right. All right. Here we go. What movie, if you had to watch... For the rest of your life, the only movie, what movie would it be? Revenant. Awesome. Oh. 
Awesome. That's heavy. That's big time. Okay. I, like, I want to live in that yeah, for the rest of my life. You man. did you know live in the revenant. What are you talking about? I love it. <laughs> hey, me and you be good, could be buddies. I mean, we could hang out, brother. We'd have a good time. You, you just That's literally said I mean, you're right. Yeah. I can't yeah. even talk I've already that. figured you out, brother. Yeah. Come on, Paul. Come on. Give me but one. I is will it? Attempt, yeah. What came to mind was, uh, was uh, Snatch. Yeah, that's, that's a great movie too. Paul, you're on my level right I mean, there, dude. That's that's right? Brad Pitt is best. Right? I, that's my the gypsies. Well, that's dude, my favorite. And get the the belly blue yeah. one. Yeah. What would he say? The boxer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that fella, fuck. <laughs> that's my favorite scene, man. Oh my god, you guys just became our new favorite uh, uh, Mad Men. Uh, uh, All right, right? Uh, all right. Here you go. Here's the next question. If you had to fight one. Which one would you pick, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Go, oh, Jay. I'd pick Arnold. Ooh, interesting. How about I'd you, Paul? Pick Arnold. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'd go with Stallone too. You? I always pick. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, a lot, I, lot of people. Like he can Schwar- fight, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He can really fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a big. No, I mean, I'm sure Arnold can't. Arnold's a Terminator. He can't die. And like in my mind, really, he's like the Terminator. He just can't I just think, for you, real. <laughs> I mean, the only movie I ever thought that he was like really tough was Commando, right? And everyone oh, else. Awesome. That was a good one. I had a Commando moment the other day building that chicken house. <laughs> and I actually took my shirt off and grabbed the chains. Do you remember that first part of Commando? As I'm, Come on, that's a guy thing, right? Everybody you, has you to gotta know. You got to know Arnold would have old man strength, man. The dude's Austrian. That's true. He's the yeah, Terminator. Yeah, and yeah, that, that, he's got old man strength. Got Austrian. Old man strength. Slice no spring chicken either, man. Slice only like five one or something, and uh, I don't know. I I I I could see him going down easy. I like where Paul's headed. Paul's analytical. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna dig more <laughs> into this. I like where you're at. Get that Sung Soo pick you apart kind of <laughs> mentality. All right, here you, here you go. Next question: Is Google more likely to save the world or destroy it? Save it. Save. I love it. I save love it. it. All right, I cool. They save. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. I, I, I see where people are coming from in terms of destroy, but I think it would save. Well, I don't know why. Both. We're perfect. Like, Love it. I, I think what, it's what both. What would we do without it right now? Yeah. Well, like, how would we? Oh, come on, go, man. How would we go about our days without Google? We we survived. Well, we survived without the internet, brother. We can live without Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I just built a chicken house the other day. Damn it. I'm so. Never mind. But it doesn't look good because now you need to go to Google and watch the videos on how to fix that. I thing. did do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right, all right. So, next one uh, name the person in this on this planet that you would love to get drunk with just once. Go ahead, Jordan. Ooh. Um. I got I got Charlie's Theron. Oh my goodness! Was it was Good it the Lord. Italian job that got you? All the above. <laughs> All the, uh, no, Mad, Mad Max. Mad, Mad Max. Oh, <laughs> epic! Go ahead, Jordan. Who oh, is it? Man, 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 that is a good one. That is a good one. I would have to go with thinking about his first uh, one in your head. Boom! Yeah. I would I'd have to go with. Uh, Mac DeMarco. He's an indie artist based out of Vancouver. The weirdest guy ever. 
Right. It's got to be a weird, it's somebody you just, because when you get drunk, all the stuff comes out. I like, good stuff. you know who I'd say? I'd say, I always like to say Iggy Pop. I think getting hammered with Iggy Pop would be fun. Ooh, uh, yeah. George Soros. That's a good one. You, you know? Right. All right. right. Who would you say? George Soros. <laughs> you want to get drunk with some dude who you just can't understand? and Because everything crazy happens when you You're get You're out know, of your mind. You know what I'm talking about? You are nuts. Just imagine that. Certifiable nuts. George Soros. I, I've never <laughs> in my wildest dreams ever. You're crazy. All right, all right. Here's the next one. Uh, do aliens exist? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Are we alone? Are we alone? No. With a hundred billion other galaxies that potentially have other Earths, are you kidding me? No chance. We're 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 the only souls in this world, right? Negative. All <laughs> right, all right. Here you go. Ready? Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm Zeppelin. Stones, which yep. really, oh, bless your heart. That's, I, that we haven't heard the Stones in a while. Mm. I like the Stones. Yeah, I, I, saw a Zep, I saw a Zep cover band in Whistler about a month ago, and my neck is still sore. I had one of the funnest, <laughs> nights, one of the funnest nights of, of, my, of recent memory. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, here you go. I'm going to have a random word association. And I just want you to throw out whatever pops and fat rapid, Jordan, rapid, fast out of your brain. Here, right. here we go. Here it goes. Ready for you? Inkblot. Inkblot? O- octopus. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's awesome, dude. I love it. All right. All right. Here you go. For, for, for you, Paul, ready? Random word association is lingerie. Oh, Russian. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Absolutely. They're all Russian, aren't they? Ukrainian. Damn it. Ukrainian. Those Eastern huh? Bloc women, man, wear lingerie better than anybody. They do. They do. Except for Texans. Well, we don't we don't want them in long, our Texas women in lingerie, man. We just want them butt naked. <laughs> they are angels from heaven. All right, here we go. Last one, and then I know this mad minute's like ten minutes long, but I apologize. But all right, all right. So last one, Jordan. What's your greatest achievement? Greatest achievement. Um, coming back, uh, coming back home safely from reaching the summit of Everest and. Um, and completing all the seven summits that that's probably my greatest achievement that we're here to, to talk about today. Awesome. So I guess that's a great, um, great, uh, yeah, it's a perfect yeah. answer. Perfect, man. Good I, little transition. Paul, Paul, what's yours? What's yours? Well, it would be answered by the other screen, which is that, that curly haired kid. I know. Day. I knew you were going to say that. I said that too. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Hey, you're the yeah, you're awesome you were dude, down. man. You were I knew you were going to say it. And, and uh, David, you know how 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 it is, but that was the greatest day, greatest achievement was the day uh, that dude came out. And uh, in my opinion, has changed the world positively and continues to change the world. And I, I couldn't be more proud. It's crazy. That's crazy. so cool, man. Never thought it'd go like this. I, Never thought it'd go like this. Well, how, how can not in the plan. How can you? And uh, here we are. I mean, I'll tell you what, Paul, the first time my oldest, the bear, popped out, right? I had just gotten back from Afghanistan while I was contracted. And, you know, I had this huge, bushy, ridiculous beard. And we go to the, the ultrasound place. And, and I've, I've, I used to know how to do ultrasound stone. I'm sitting there watching. And 
lady's like, oh, so talking to my wife, the admiral. She's like, so what do you think the, it's going to be? And and she's like, oh, I thought it was going to be a boy for a long time. But just lately, I think it's going to girl. And as she's going, like she stops between the bear's legs. And obviously there's nothing there. And she looks up at me. She goes, well, congratulations. You're having a girl. And in that second, you know, the millions of useless tactical pieces of information in my head that I accumulated went blank. And all of a sudden I realized, my God, I have this blank canvas that's going to be in my hands here in five months, three months. I have no idea what's going to happen. And that was heavy. You, 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 you paraphrased what I always say in that uh, all the cool things we've done as kids, as teenagers, university, and in, in, in their 20s, whatever, thought was cool. We did for the world. We did for ourselves. We did for degrees. You guys fought for our country. It's just beautiful, et cetera. All of that kind of goes out the window, and you kind of do a white, well, white blank. You, you wipe the whiteboard clean, and it's a reset button. And then it's when life starts, when we procreate, and you bring someone into the world. That's that you paraphrased how I how I explained having a having a kid as well. Nicely that, you said. That's see, I, I, I had here, here's how I figured out what kind of dad I was. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was lucky with the men in my family. The way the, the women raise us here. And the men, their job is to enforce. So I, when, when my son was born, I knew that I, I was so excited. I waited a long time. So I spent my whole life training myself for service to my country and my, my, my crew and my friends. And then when my kid came out, I, became, I got to become the ultimate Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> like I could teach him, you know, he goes religion, to fish, to hunt, to do all of that, you know, how to self-defense and, and every little tactic from being in the seals to everything, I just can't wait for him to, to get old enough for me to teach him that. I'm just waiting. And, and the way we do it around here is we pass our kids around to their uncles and the aunts to learn what they can from them at all times. That's I mean, cool. you know, grandma lives right down yeah. next door. Yeah. So, I mean, each day they go over there and mess with the animals and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm more of a the type of father I am is the, the coach, you know, the instructor. I can't wait to teach him something and pass him over to learn the same skill from another guy from a different perspective. Nicely said. Valuable, because that's how I was raised. That's it. And, and that's going to be a huge part of this show. But first, I want to start with, with the reason why we, we brought you both on, in particular, Jordan, you. All right. We, you know, when I started, when we were talking about me and the wizard, our executive producer, and Marcus and I started talking about, all right, who needs to be on this show? You know, we want to have the greatest, most variety, demographic. We want to touch everybody. And so... As we came, you know, when Ryan told Everybody me, has a great story. Everybody's got a great story. They just don't know how to tell it. They just don't know how to tell it. Or maybe they haven't had it yet, and, and it's coming, right? But you've had some amazing stories. And in particular, man, you did, you did one of the biggest accomplishments that a human being can did, and you did it at 13, man. I mean, you did it at 13, dude. I went through SEAL training at, like, 24, and I thought I was like, I thought I was tough, but 13, brother. Well, the best just remember what you were doing when you were 13. I definitely wasn't. I was an idiot yeah, at 13. You didn't want to trust me with a rope and a carabiner. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was a punk kid yeah, at, at altitude. I know, man. Like, well, I think I... You know, man, I was still growing, I think. I, uh, I definitely don't want to be in charge of something up on Everest. So the, what our listeners have been waiting for, Jordan, is, is if you want to, we'd love to have you do it. Will you share just, you know, just the high points or the share us this never quit story, man? If that's the never quit story you want to share, there might be another one that 
more exemplifies what got you to Everest, what never. But give, go ahead and launch. What's your greatest never quit story, Jordan? My greatest never quit story, I'd have to say, is uh, would be on the last camp of uh, Mount Aconcagua, which is the highest point in the world outside of the Himalayan mountain range. Uh, Mount Aconcagua is, um, is in the Andes mountain range of Argentina down in South America. Ah, place and this was our fourth mountain that we had done of the seven summits. I was 11 years old, just about to break the uh, world record for uh, for becoming the youngest to some this mountain, which is about twenty two thousand eight hundred and thirty feet, and that's a, that's the second highest mountain in all of the seven summits. And uh, you know, it's it, and it was definitely a huge challenge. You know, where you know that never quit story definitely developed me into uh in in into the you know it, it was it was definitely a Next character and, and personality building uh, experience. Uh, I remember we were, we were waking up at like four in the morning, uh, on the last day we, uh, I, I woke up and as soon as I was hearing the wind from outside, you know, crushing down on our tent and I was, you know, oh boy, like we're, we're about to do this. So we step out of the tent, it's windy, it's freezing. It's probably about like 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Uh, I'd say wow. like negative 20 um and uh temperature wise and it was uh it was not fun uh you know they, these are the <laughs> these are the the parts of mountain climbing that just aren't fun and you yeah know, you're definitely that definition is completely different for you than most people yeah yeah you know that, I mean, not fun to me like we, we that's how we say it too like yeah. we're, we're like oh that wasn't fun but i mean when you say that i mean most people are like not fun this is torture man i, I don't want to want to be here I love oh, yeah. the way you put that. Yeah. Just so like I wouldn't. I can, I, let, let me paint the picture a little more clear. It's dark. You're screaming at each other when you're six inches away from each other. The most basic commands. Your finger hands are already frozen when you when you when you get out of the tent here. There's just everything's uncomfortable. Everything seems wrong. Awesome. Everything is. Nothing makes sense. It's dark and 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 uh, I'll, I'll let Jordan. And so Jordan, that, that, I didn't know Jordan was going. I didn't know Jordan was going to pull this out, so this is a pretty epic one. We have a lot of epics. This is pretty damn yeah. epic. I knew it's good that you brought one up that he was like, oh, okay, all right, let's go there. You can go there. That's what this is about. Yeah, we want, we want you to go there. Yeah. And, so and, tell us. And, yeah, absolutely. And this is, a, and this is of course, a perfect story, I mean, too, with our mutual friend, uh, Ryan Boulding, for he was on this uh, expedition with us. Um we so yeah it was myself my dad and uh my ex stepmom uh karen lundgren who was a very valuable part of our team and all throughout climbing the seven summits and uh and a north face uh photographer and uh and filmer who uh was sent to uh climb with us uh from the north face who uh gave us some support prior to the expedition and we woke up and we were about to like push up with a bunch of uh, w- with uh, some other climbers, you know, from uh, from from Italy, from Spain and Poland. Uh, the, and, you know, there's just people from all around the world that we're camped alongside with. We wake up and these guys just like they open up their tent and they're like, nope, we're not going at all. And just zipped it back up. And we're like, OK, I guess we're we're treading wind, you know, and, and breaking trail in order to wow. get up on this uh, on this. What we heard what and what we had depicted, you know, from the forecast to be a pretty 
uh, clear summit, uh, summit day in which we just had to push through some uh, pretty hectic weather and cold weather in order to get up to. So I'm only 11 years old and I'm, uh, I'm definitely pretty intimidated. You know, I can, to also paint a picture, you know, we're just uh, getting up from the camp and the sun is rising and you can see the shadow of the peak just stretch along miles, which was pretty incredible. That's amazing. and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just cold and miserable and we're just treading along for hours on end. The, and the, so I, what, and the what's in your is, head right there? What, what's in, you got a song? Cause I, there's things I say over and over in my head. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking Songs about? It's, sure. it's, it's the, and the more, sure, the more man, miserable yeah. it gets, the more I have something for that. That's how I got yeah. these buzz, bro. Right, right. Uh, you have to have that. Do you have something like that? Right. You, that you just tell yeah, it over absolutely. and over in yeah, your when, head. When I'm, when, when I'm just like, <laughs> Uh, that that's, us? Uh, that's that's me. That's, that's a you, right? Tidal wave, uh, tidal wave alarm, tsunami that's, alarm. That's what I thought. Are you, I'll just put myself on mute. Uh, yeah. Are, not, are you okay? Really Car- carry on, Jordan. So far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Your dad is awesome, dude. Your dad is All so right. awesome. Hey, if listen, if you got to pop off, Paul, just let us know, and we'll, we'll get you back on another day. So, Jordan, all right. Cool. So, what, what, what songs in your head? What what's going on? Yeah, dude. In it, yeah, in my head, you know, you especially along amongst like uh, some non technical parts where you're just like walking along like a zombie. You know, most of the times, like I'm I'm singing myself a song because I mean I don't have my headphones at that time. You know, none of us really do. And I'm just trying to, like, entertain myself as much as I can and just try to, like, get my mind off of, you know, all the elements around me, you know, while being cautious. But, you know, I'm just trying to, like, fulfill my mind with, you know, more positive things, you know, whether right. it's, like, it, me- memorabilia. It, I know your dad's or, like, surfing a tidal wave right now, but, I mean, did he – is he the one that taught you that? Like, I had to be shown that. And that's what people, I think, would love to know is – so it's during the – you don't have you don't have your earphones in obviously when you're climbing because a lot of stuff we do we can't put the earphones in because yeah. I got to be able to hear yeah, as well yeah. and I yeah. got to be so focused on what I'm doing but sometimes being so focused on what you're doing is the crazy part about it so you have to somehow mm-hmm. integrate that song into that focus and that's what we do that's what we have to do the in our community state. right yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about it's flipping that switch and people yeah. who are trying to be proficient at anything really. It's that, that's a part that I think gets overlooked in, in, when people are trying to help people. Like, man, you told me everything. What, what aren't you telling me? Well, I didn't tell you about that little jingle I had in my head. Did, did your dad? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's that was, little stuff right there but, that but he this has. This was that. Jordan's. This, what's interesting about this, Jordan, and, and correct me if I, but that was like your, your sixth mountain or your fifth mountain that you were on. Fourth mountain. Four. All right. So you had, you had pushed yourself. You had, you had done some serious peaks prior to that. So at at eleven, he had that that past performance. Well, that's right? that's what I wanted to ask you. I was I didn't know when to bring this up, man. But I go, do your do your ages ever clash? You know what I mean by that? I don't know how to say <laughs> this, but you at at eleven, you're kind of you don't have as much fears as you have when you're our age. Interesting. And you take it easier. You know what I'm talking about? So at eleven, yeah, hell yeah, 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 you climb that mountain probably like an animal. I mean, but now that you know that. I need to turn, I need to tie this knot as when you're, you know, you had your dad with you, of course, but I remember when we were coming up, man, I didn't have any fear because I didn't really care about getting hurt because I hadn't been hurt. Yeah, yeah. I, 
Yeah. What's my point? I'm trying no, to. Well, so I think what he's asking. Yeah. Wizard, me, what's my point? I'm trying to. I, hey guys, just so y'all know, I do that. Well, I, I, I cannot. I, I, get, I, get, I get where you're going. Yeah. Uh, and let me interject. He, um, Jordan, you know, at 11, you said, what does an 11 year old know, right? And here we are climbing to the highest mountain in the world outside the Himalayas. Uh, we're going against odds. We're going against what several other teams had declined to move that day in a, which Jordan didn't mention, two to three feet of fresh snow, 100 kilometer winds. Everything says don't go. We had a hunch, and I had information that said the weather was going to improve on us in the next six hours, and we're going on those odds and, and, and to know that we could uh, move quickly and, and be successful at the, at, at the summit. And, uh, and what Jordan did have is he had so much data, so much research in his own head and so much readings. He was so well-read and so well-practiced wow. uh, well from reading about prior expeditions and how to be mentally tough, and he read all the readings from Ed Vistiers, and the, the names go on of, of people that have that have been through enormous suffering and, uh, you know, encounters after encounters where the odds are continually stacked and never quitting is, is the mantra. And so Jordan has, has had that in his head. That doesn't mean everything, but he, and he's also been through not only the, the four expeditions he'd been on before, but countless training expeditions where he's been, I, it was on me and Karen to push him and prepare him for in training so that these hairy, ugly moments in expeditions were nothing compared to some of the, training scenarios he'd been in. We went to Mount Whitney, the highest mountain in the lower 48 in, in California, and pushed him through uh, ungodly conditions. Uh, it was it was all in the name of training and, and, and preparation, but sure. the conditions there were just 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 sane. And so that we're in these conditions, and, and he's got he's got that gear. He knows how to move in that condition, and it worked out. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I mean, he, I'll tell you what he had at 11. He had his dad. <laughs> You know, what I'm saying? Hold on a second. And those guys, he nailed it. I mean, you, he didn't. His father didn't allow him to be around men who quit. And and when we get to the teams, well, what are we, we're around guys who didn't quit. A amen. And, that, and that's the Beautiful. only. That's why we can do what we do is because we're around guys who don't but, but quit. Here, here, I, I, I want to know that's something, it. Jordan, from you though. I mean, 11's 11, bud. I mean, I've I've read my fair share of child development, right? I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm a cra I'm the crazy one who digs into the books of the psychology and all that nonsense. And that's why I'm a performance coach too, Paul. And we'll get to your, your thing later. Uh, but what's in, you know, I mean, obviously the training plays a role, but the desire had to be there too, huh, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, yeah, the, the desire, I mean, yeah, the, you got to find a balance. I think, you know, you, you want to reach the summit so badly and, you know, some people can definitely, and this happens with all mountains, especially Everest, um, you know, where people are just so, you know, fixed on getting to the summit and it's incredible, you know, what the human, what, what, what the, the, and honestly it is all mental for sure, you know, and in, in just pushing yourself through, it's all mental. It's just, it's just your brain that's always holding you back. But, um, yeah, it, but there's always a balance you got to find you with, does, with that desire to get to the summit and also, you know, playing it safe and knowing that like, okay, is this really worth, you know, my, my life or, or a serious injury or causing a serious, uh, or ca causing a big scene up on, up on this route. So yeah, there's, there's that element of desire for sure. And it's, it, it's, it's a mix of a lot of things. And yeah, it, to, to experience that at a young age was, was pretty, uh, it's was, epic, was man. It's interesting. It's and, awesome. and then it went on through the next few years, you know, with mountains like Everest and and uh, and Mount Vincent and some other and Denali, of course, uh, in Alaska, which are all like some pretty some pretty serious mountains to to be on, you know, especially when uh, 
when the when the crap hits the fan and you know you're just uh yeah it's so tell it, us it, about but, that but, but it's worth it man it's so, worth it so Did tell you, us about that that summit that day you pushed through that crazy weather it broke you hit the summit you know on the way down now you're like the the is the confidence boost because you're like, hey, I can take that in the face. I can take that blow. I can take that hit. Oh, yeah, I can sure. Take- yeah, absolutely. Was it, that huge? It, you know, you go through that door, it, you don't come back, man. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, it's it's different. Um, it, it's it's more different things. It's not exactly that you, that you're thinking when you're on your way down. Uh, at least for me, like what was on my mind was like, all right, sweet. Like we're gonna like we're gonna go back. Like I can't wait to i can't wait to get home now like <laughs> oh sure. oh sure you know you know when you notice it is when you with your next that, hard you know, moment you're, like you're more you're more driven i think on your way down towards towards the comforts of the lower camps plus getting plus absolutely getting back i mean absolutely out of and then back home too so i mean that that's i mean that's definitely a drive but yeah you're on the way down you're you know, you you're greeted by so many people, you know, from around the world, as well as um, other teammates. And and Ryan was there, you know, in which they were they were cheering for us and and asking us how it was. We we all sat around and we uh, we were passing around the camera, you know, sharing video and photos. And um, and yeah, that's that's definitely what make what makes it all. You, worth you it. know what makes that unique, man, is when so when you read all these books and and, and stories about that you that you've done you've been there so that's what makes it unique yeah. so when you read these stories and hear these stories from people who haven't been there you're like well that ain't, that's not how that happened <laughs> that ain't how that goes down at all yeah, man that, that's not that, no that's not what that means at all yeah i mean did you how'd you did i didn't really think about it very much but i mean how'd you balance that did you have what is your hobby i mean because if your hobby is ex, if you live to do extreme climbing like that I mean, like in, in the SEAL teams, we we have a saying that you're a frogman 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Everything else comes on the other side. That's why we have crazy divorce rates. That's why, we, you know, we, we're, we have, you know, we're just 100% full tilt. So what was your balance? I mean, obviously, and, and I'd like to get, Paul, your perspective on, on training and how you prepare an 11-year-old for this and all that. But Jordan, what what did you do when you weren't thinking about Everest or the next yeah. great peak? I mean, because it's why we we don't consider ourselves seals once we're out because we're far from it. I mean, we, yeah. we we don't resemble that at all. I mean, not, yeah, so yeah. that's the greatest part about it is yeah. the unwinding from that. So I, we were just wondering. Um, yeah, absolutely. That that's a good question you bring up because I mean, what our training was so focused around was was. Um, was being well-rounded, I think, and in using a variety of ways in order to keep ourselves fit. We did not always like stick to the gym and mostly we went in there for some strength and conditioning purposes, but we're also like doing more endurance training, you know, like, uh, road cycling, mountain, uh, bike or cross country mountain biking. Uh, tr- we, we would trail run for, uh, miles and miles on end and, uh, and also just do like local hikes of, of, different sorts i also have been skiing since i was 17 months old and that's awesome. been a huge hobby of mine that's been kind of paralleled alongside you know mountain climbing as well so i mean i did that as part of you know staying active as well and you know that's that's definitely a hobby that i'm still pursuing um to this day you know just uh, just for the fun of it and and also you know um just trying to 
apply and make use of, you know, all my years of skiing into, into exposing it, uh, possibly through, through web edits and, and whatever it may be and through sponsorships. So yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I got going on. And that was like a main hobby, uh, growing up especially, but, um, yeah, throughout, throughout like middle school and high school, I was, I was running cross country with all my buds and it was like a great, and that was also a great way to, you know, be training with all and be, you know, neck and neck alongside mm-hmm. with my other like high school friends too, which made it like really fun as well. Cause you know, I mean, like training by yourself and with your parents that can, that well, sure, can yeah. people, you know, people want to know like, Oh, this guy did all this climbing, man. Did he just train and climbing? Did he just climb the damn yeah. wall every day? Like, <laughs> no man, when I hung out with my boys and I rode a bike and cause you know, as well as I do. And it's kind of that when we were training to be, Navy SEALs. I trained, I thought I, I knew what I was getting myself into. Yeah, and you're probably the same way when you climb, right? When you get on that mountain, you're like, all the training in the world doesn't prepare you. That's where the mental part comes in. Max, you in a fit. Right. I mean, yeah. as soon as you get punched in the mouth, you're like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's about to get real. You know what I'm talking about? It's, so, Paul, question for you. How do you prepare, you know, uh, a, a 9-year-old, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12, 13? Yeah. How do you prepare yeah. them for that yep. mental stability. Yep. I'll preface that by telling you that, and this this goes to feeds to the question earlier for Jordan, and, uh, and it's important to understand when we're heading off into into a blizzard at uh, twenty thousand feet. You know the, these type of things. It's important for the listeners to understand that Jordan always had his finger on stop and go home button. Right. That was very important to know. Uh, Jordan really didn't do things uh, beyond his will and uh, and wants. Uh, from all the expeditions, there were some dark and, and 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 hungry and cold and miserable moments where we'd altered plans. But Jordan always had his finger on the button that said, "Screw this, let's go home and get up and, and let's get a hot meal and get the hell out of here, get on the first plane out of here." We, he could always do that, and so it was important to know that this five six year uh, six year mission quest uh, was about Jordan staying dedicated. And that's what was so odd. Excuse me. That's what was so odd about him at nine years old and ten years old that people were so baffled about was his drive and his sacrifices. He had skied and he had his buddies to hang out with a lot, but in the end, and Jordan told the story on an interview a couple of days ago, Jordan, where he'd, he'd come home from school, run up to my house. Our house was on, on a steep dirt road, come up to the house. Uh, we'd hand him, a, hand him a bottle of something, some sports drink or something, and he'd put on this huge backpack that was already loaded with full of gallon water bottles. Rocket. He put it at 25 kilos. 25 kilos, and he'd go to, uh, out to the end of the yard where there's a giant tractor tire, and he'd put the rope and the, the climbing harness on, and there he'd put his, put his Walkman on, and he, he had, oh, some funny music. I can't remember what it was. It was some movie <laughs> themes. It was Disney movies, Disney songs. Or, and then he, was, he had his Elvis period, too. Where he yeah, was Elvis. I love you, Jordan. I love you, buddy. So I love funny. you. And there he'd put on his headphones, and he'd walk down the street, and we had this 400-meter street where he'd be trips up and down, up and down, pulling a massive load for you know, 90 minutes after school when his kids, his buddies were, were ringing up and coming by to say, you know, let's go hang at the park, let's go whatever. And he would go, oh, got my work to do. And he'd do that work. And then, then we'd go off to the CrossFit gym to do some strength work and on the squat rack. And do, and all this was that Jordan's commitment to, to do, uh, to, to get the work done because he knew it had to be done from his research, had to be done to be fit on the mountain. Jordan, was so there, was there, was, was that commitment was amazing. I always, I always joked, I always waited that one day he's going to come home and he'd say, dude, Screw this. I discovered the basketball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the then, soccer boom, ball, whatever it was. And, and as a dad, and you guys know, as a dad, you're, I, I was getting to support that. And uh, thankfully that day didn't come, at least until after uh, the expeditions. And, and so it was important to know that. How did I prepare him? You asked. It was well-rounded. I've been a, I've been a, 
uh, I've been in paramedicine, emergency medicine, and life flight uh, air um, helicopter rescue for many years and doing doing critical care. Yeah, do, wait, a, wait, and Paul, so, when we uh, heard that, you know, Marcus and I are both medics from the teams, and, and we heard that, and we, right then we knew, all right, he's a, he's psychotic oh, yeah. like we are. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I specialized in high-altitude medicine uh, and, 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 of course, doing long fixed-wing flights, international stuff. You always had to operate at high altitude, and so there's lots of physiology that goes on with that, and that all carried over into high-altitude expeditions. Hey, did and he have any head for haste going on that at that age? Level with sports nutrition and studied how to optimize the body at high altitude using sports nutrition to the max and then tied it in with a whole bunch of strength work and conditioning that I'd done for years plus the mountaineering I'd done and the adventure racing. We had this, we had this, and Jordan is the safety officer of the team. He was just, everything was by the minute. What we talked about it, he skipped over earlier was these, these benchmarks and these guidelines that we live by protocols, much like your SEAL team did. Yeah. You had protocols. There was no doubt about what happened at, at, at nine. If you hit a benchmark at 9 a.m., you went to plan B and you rolled with plan B. And at that plan D, you know, there was protocols which Jordan loved to live by. He's a very timeline driven, uh, protocol oriented kid, which I'm, I, I'm by that as well, but I throw it out and I'll go to, I'll, I'll, I'll constantly modify. Jordan likes to stick by a plan. And Karen, our third member was, which was the super mom. She videoed everything. She, she cooked everything. She, she took everything. Since we had this team that was, that was, you know, so Jallin. nuclear. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, that's people, cool. People doubted us, doubted, doubted Jordan so often until they discovered the team concept we had. And that's how we, as Jordan would always say, that it came down to the team. Jordan, as, as you as you kept going, because, uh, you know, again, when you look at, I, I do a lot of work with kids. I've spoken to over 15,000 kids around America and Canada, and and I've written several kids' books. And and, you know, one of the things I recognize, and, and I think it, what's interesting about now is you can look back and reflect on those moments. Did you ever hit, there's a guy from Florida State who wrote a book, uh, Roy Baumaster, who wrote a book about, about uh, willpower. Did you, when you would come down and finish those expeditions and was there, were there in the lulls of training, in the lulls? <laughs> What was going through your head like, man, I, I've got four more peaks to go. Man, I've got two more peaks. Man, I got Everest to go. What was your the motivation to get back into training, get back on, you know, to put on your Elvis, which motivates me to run through brick walls. But <laughs> what, what, what was going through your head in those, in those times? Just like, and, you know, we just had to, like, keep everything so consistent, you know, even coming back, coming straight back from a, from a climb was, uh, was when we pretty much just had to like go straight back into training and just, you know, keep that fitness and keep that, um, and, and just, just keeping it consistent so that you're not so, so that you just don't fall off the horse, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's how many, how many, the, every climb you've gone after you've, you've gotten to the summit. Is that right? Is I mean, is there anything being pushed back from yeah, every, every single climb we got to the summit. How about you? Time. How about you pops? Yeah. Same, yep. same. We, we did them all together. It's very rare to find a seven summit climber or most uh, high alpine mountaineers that have a hundred percent. Right. Up, up and down. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and all fingers and toes. Well, that's my point too. So my brother, I have a twin brother and we push each other nonstop and his before we die. And he wants to do this probably when we're older. God, help, help. Uh, he, we got to climb Everest. 
And I, I look, hey, I, I don't like heights, guys, at all, man. It's <laughs> or not a, shark. Or sharks. You know, it's no secret what kind of seal I was. I mean, it was all guts. <laughs> That's it, right? I'm not making this up, man. So I got to climb Everest with my brother. And I'm like, bro, people lose stuff up there. And I'm not talking about a wallet, man. I, you know, I, I can't. Yeah. We came back from war with all our appendages. And I'm like, dude, I mean, you want to go up there when we're old? I'm old now, man. It's going to be rough. And, and we may go get, Tracking what's been happening there the last couple of weeks, yeah. it's, uh, it's 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 horrible. There's a uh, well, we just had, uh, and I know you know Don Mann, right? Um, uh, so Don just you know tried to go up Everest and he got cerebral edema, he got hype. Uh, hey, he some got, hype, he was, yeah, yeah, he was a mess. Did you, man. you ever had that? Any of y'all ever had that? Uh, no, well, oh, I, uh, we've we've successfully averted that. That's, That's awesome. I like to. Uh, Great nutrition, like great planning, great training. That's the testament to you guys right there. That really Physical is. Physical decision makings. Hape and haste, uh, you know, it, it doesn't come like a lightning bolt out of the sky. I mean, it can, right. and you hear about it like that, but there's generally preceding decisions that, that puts one in that, that, that position. I, I would never disrespect on man. What a, what a, but uh, there had to be something preceding that. Uh, you could point to hydration. You can point to the same thing uh, underwater. It goes both ways. So, so on, so on. But I always say, whenever people say, "Well, you guys had great weather, Mike. All your, you guys had great weather." Like, excuse what, me. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. What? You, you were a small, light, fast team. I can't people as such, and would could move on a on a moment's notice and pack up and move. We were so much more agile than other teams. That's one of the well, reasons our success and why we can hold up ten fingers as well. Was we had that. Much like your teams that you guys worked with as well, man. Could you imagine having to move, having to move a thousand men? Every decision that you crew made had to move a two hundred men plus camp. You'd be like, uh, that would be slow and inefficient. People yeah. would get hurt. Same thing happens in these big expeditions where you guys are, you know, you had a crew of your five and seven guys that were just tight and light, and that's moving five. Kind of moving five. Moving five. So Jordan, I but, got a question for you. Because you were so successful on those, both you guys, your team was successful. In our training, we build in failure. We we put the failure in. How, how did you? How I, that's did you, the evolution is to fail. Yeah. We, we don't. There's no way around it. That's what how it's they. It's gonna t- happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Are yeah gonna I mean, it's designed. Fail, period. We designed that. So how do you process? How how'd you learn to process the the potential of failure or failure in your life? Where did you integrate failure in, or 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 did you yeah, ever? Yeah, absolutely. There was a there was a big. Uh, a big moment that occurred on Mount Everest, uh, literally midway into the entire expedition. Uh, we're coming from advanced base camp to camp one on the, uh, on the Chinese route, uh, which we had taken there. And for anyone that doesn't know, you know, the Chinese side is mostly known for, for hot, for more, for being the most exposed route with higher winds and such and such, and very little, uh, glacial and crevasse. Um, so is that a climber preference? You know, at, is that how that works? In order to cross over. So there was there was one the only area that we had to climb about two thousand uh, or three thousand feet vertical in order to get to uh, was was definitely a pretty uh, ri- risky place. You know, in which you know there's constantly shifting of ice. Sure. And- now let me just interrupt you. I want to put it in perspective because you're going to continue telling this story that's yeah. epic. Our idea is climbing of climbing is falling rapidly out of a helicopter or or what did you say your favorite thing was to do in climbing? Was re- well, repelling. 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 That's, that's, that's our repelling. I was like, oh, hey, we're going to get along great because I climb and they both started 
all, all the guys started laughing. I was like, well, you know, we team guy climb. I rappel down a, I can rappel. Fast rope. I can fast. fall out of an aircraft. Right. So that when we hear you say you ascend 2,000 vertical feet, I mean, that blows us away. So keep going on that. Tell us yeah. some details about that, dude. Absolutely. So this is the only section of the climb in which we're having to cross over ladders, over crevasses, which I'm sure you see much of, you know, in, in, on Everest. But that mostly occurs on the Nepal side. So we're crossing over ladders. We're, we're, we're hopping over crevasses as well. And we're traversing alongside some huge glacial, um, you know, blocks of ice that are uh, constantly shifting and moving around. And you always hear the cracks in the ice and the booms and the everything. And it was really, really warm uh, that day too. You know, we're we're constantly shedding our layers. And, All right, what's warm? You know, we're just uh, trekking along. <laughs> hey, hey, let's get specific. What's warm? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. No, yeah, no. You, what number? What does that mean? Thirties. You know? It's actually you could be in the thirties, and that's actually hot. You, when when the wind dies down and you're in thirties, the 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 intensity of the sun is off the ice. Right, kicks with, it up. Yeah. Moving with a massive load, it's it's you sweat. You're you're so thirties. Thirty degrees. All right, yeah. sorry, Jordan. Uh, we just uh, gotta know details. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so as we're climbing, you know, we're we're along this uh, traverse in which there's clearly a huge ice block that looks like it could collapse. You know, it's just barely hanging on there. Huge, like I'd say, like three stories maybe <laughs> three, or uh, four story awesome. uh, building height. And uh, my and my dad Paul is saying, "Hey, like Jordan, you know, we do have to get a move on going. Like we can't be in the zone for that long. Like, and this is an area in which we're huffing and puffing and just." And, uh, you know, Working we, hard had, carrying and, load. we, and we, and we're carrying big loud loads and we hadn't been at this altitude in years since we'd been on uh, Denali. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're just adjusting and we're, we're going pretty slow, but as fast as we could. And all of a sudden, boom, this huge ice block all of a sudden collapses, crushes into, into, into dust literally. And, and a huge slide comes down uh, and uh, takes above my, or below. I miss that. One of our Sherpas, um, it brings us down probably about 30, uh, 30 feet in distance uh, from where we were hiking. The rope that we were fixed, uh, the fixed rope that we were clipped into, like in which we had our ascenders in, completely snapped. Uh, my ascender completely uh, bent 90 degrees. And now, if you, you know those, uh, the, the ascender handles in which you like unclip and then clip mm-hmm. into, yep. that had bent completely. Oh my uh, God. What's the tensile feet. on that? I mean, and then, massive. Uh, yeah, tensile's on that's huge, and, right? Yeah, and then my, and then my dad uh, was right behind me. Uh, so as we get up, and we're about waist deep in snow. Luckily, we're on the edge of this avalanche, which uh, had unfortunately uh, buried somebody who we had just passed uh, by. There were two people that were uh, that were injured, and uh, sorry, there was one person that was injured and one person that is still on that mountain uh to this day uh yeah that, that, and that's, that's a heavy reminder in which you know that the mountain and and you know failure itself just kind of like tends to push you back and and lets you know like hey you know it's not gonna go a hundred percent all the time you know we had a hundred percent success rate but to have that along the way you know it it, it just it just can't uh it's it's not always perfect and uh, especially you know with my dad who was right behind me my crampons are the spikes at the bottom of your uh, of your boots had punctured uh both of his thighs and Holy. one uh puncture in his forehead as well as soon as we got up and we're uh, we're getting um you know we're, we're getting back with the team and everything so 
uh, and then later on, I see the blood marks, you know, on my dad's beanie, and <laughs> and uh, he. I, and he, he could tell you more about it from his end. I'm sure, you know, the shock of everything that just happened, it temporarily kind of uh, wiped out the pain for a little bit and then slowly been, and surely it, I'm right. sure it uh, came dwelling on more. But uh, we went up to our campsite later that day with um, not enough food or water to like last us through the night. So uh, our call was to go back down and this ice um, this ice block had left a bigger chunk that looked like it was about ready to collapse at any moment. And we had to pass through that zone, which was, uh, in order to come back down, which wow. was definitely one of the most like terrifying moments where I knew like, all right, like this mountain has really got me by the balls here. And it's <laughs> my face, it's not my own. <laughs> yeah. Um, this right. was this was a big punch in the chest to us. Everything had gone so smooth, so smooth, and suddenly, I'll give a little more detail. A six a six story apartment building, really, rack as it's called, just just came off and, and came to us and and, and, and and tumbled us off away almost into this crevasse. Where um, so going back through that again, it was another half of another apartment sized building Serac just, just hanging off that we had to pass through. One of the wow. toughest decisions I made on that expedition and. Uh, Jordan took it like a man. We went down. I had to get numerous sutures all over me to patch up. I lost a fair amount of blood. And uh, uh, we were back on two days later, packs, packs back on, heading back up to make more camps and to keep oh, going on. That was day, seven, day 17 of our 55-day climb. I was in the beginning. I was right in the beginning, huh? Did you, did <laughs> yeah. you, Let's go ahead and kick me right right between the legs to start this thing <laughs> off was, with. You know what I'm all saying? All the talk. It was the, it was the first death of the year. Uh, 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 it was, was tremendous news in media right away. And this was not not meant to go like this. So that's Jordan said it well. It's- well, one of the things that I, I heard is that now not only are you are you in your university, you're, you're you know, you're increasing your education, but you're also motivated to help kids out there. And, and I wonder if you could just share with us this this concept about climbing 50, the highest peaks in all 50 states and bringing the kids along for the ride on this. What, why are you wanting to do, can you first explain that? And then why do you want to do it now? Yeah, I, um, so, ba- so basically like with, uh, with, we, we've noticed a lot, you know, through climbing all these mountains that we've gotten a ton of feedback and a ton of emails, uh, from kids, you know, after I had done, uh, speaking engagements or appeared on, or, or appeared on the media or kids who have read my book, uh, which we could talk about later, but, um, you know, in which the in which these kids are are so inspired by my story, they want to they want to they want to set a huge goal for themselves that they're passionate about and want to take every day to um, to to work towards making that goal happen. And that's and that's what the idea that's what the takeaway is and the messages uh, from from all the uh, from all these climbs, especially you know to other kids and being able to relate to them at, at a young age is, is super key too. you know, with, with all the speaking engagements that I do, you know, that's, that's not something you get, um, on a regular basis, I think. Now for sure. It's really, I mean, I, you know, I, I think when I, when I hear you talk, Jordan, I hear your focus and, and I, and I hear that experience, man, I, I just know in my heart that you're, you're on the path to something bigger and better. And, and I know your next, your next ascent, whatever that might be in your life, man, is going to be remarkable. You know, and as long Thank as you. you as long as you can keep that 
that guy next to you who, who, who helps you stay focused and disciplined. I, I, I'm sure, man, we're going to be hearing just absolutely phenomenal things uh, in the future from, from, from you. And, and I'm hoping absolutely. that I'm hoping that cause we're going to, we're going to get you back on here in a second for the after actions report to where you can really break it down. Both Paul, you, and I'd, I'd love to hear your insights on performance and training and the after actions report. And then also, what you want to say to those kids to get them off the couch and get them up on the mountain here in the after actions. But, but for, for now in this segment, man, Marcus, I got to tell you, this has been east. I mean, I'm blown away by these two. It took them telling climbing a mountain, doing all that summiting and, and how many lessons you learn that can apply to somebody who doesn't climb mountains. Right. You know, everything I've heard of those, those hardships, man, we we've had those buildings fall in front of us, but it was different, right? Yeah. You know, and every everybody dealt with it a certain way and pushed past it and and got to the same end game, and that's just keep pushing forward because it's all about it's, never it's life, right? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> life, man. Life is the toughest part. Never quit. That's about never quitting. Well, well, so I just want to say, Jordan and Paul Romero, thank you both so much for coming on uh, the the Team Never Quit podcast, and we're looking forward to getting you starting with the after actions report and. Uh, just I, I wish you guys all the best. God bless and uh, journey on and keep doing those great things. I learned so much. I mean, thank you, man. Marcus and David, for having us on. Thank you guys for your service as well. Um, You're welcome. That, that Thanks, brother. Go unnoticed. And uh, yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome. I love the energy uh, that nice. you guys have on the show, and I love what you guys are trying to do. Thank you so much. All right, that's it. We're okay. out. We're out. Mahalo. I mean, seriously. I mean, if my old man, Marcus, had said to me at nine years old, boy. I don't, my dad, I don't even think my dad was hanging out with me at nine years old. <laughs> right? I wasn't old enough to be, I mean, for his time, his training. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, all right, you're, I, my dad was working like 90 hours right? a week. <laughs> you know, I'd see him at games and at night for dinner for 30 minutes. But this dude is like, oh, so you want to climb the seven peaks, the tallest seven peaks in the seven continents of the world? And he says, "Okay, son, let's do it." Right now, at nine, man. That's probably that's more of a love to hang out with dad because you don't really know what climbing a mountain means, right? At, at all, it seems cool, but I'll tell you what, that kid from everything Jordan told us today, he got educated fast, didn't he? Sure. I mean, I'm. I, Axe is only five, right? <laughs> so that's... But I, when he gets tired of being somewhere or doing something, he lets me know. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he yeah. never wants. And you hit him hard on that. Hey, man. Right. I mean, know. look, halfway up the mountain, if you want to go home and grab your iPad, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's got kind of focus, right? I mean... Good Lord, I've seen some kids, when they don't get their way, it's all out freak out. It's like spasm. You're not not dropping down on the floor and banging on the ground strapped to the side of Everest. When you're on a crevasse at 13,000 feet. Hold on, they go find somewhere to go throw a panic attack or or a temper tantrum. A temper tantrum, when a a three-story ice sheet just collapsed on you. So it's actually the best place (laughs) to train your child not to have a temper tantrum, right? I think we just found the new book of parenting, right? Chapter chapter five. Right. That kid's giving you a lot of grief, strapping to the side of a mountain, ready to throw one down. <laughs> Chapter five yep. on the Marcus and Rutt uh, how-to parenting book. 
if your child suffers from dramatic ta- temper tantrums yeah. and you can't get a control, forget the crazy nanny take doctor. Him cl- take him climbing. Take him to Everest. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love is Paul. You know, and, and it was cool to to listen to Paul. Man, he's so proud of his boy, right? Yep. Absolutely. And yep. and he kept reiterating, man, this kid had this drive. It was the drive, and I heard it in Jordan too. You know, I think he probably he was so young. There's a lot of that that we we weren't able to tap in. Maybe we get him back on when he you know becomes the world class skier that he wants, and talk about it a little more. But I think it's that drive. And when Paul talked about, hey, at any time Jordan could have just pressed the button, yeah. gone away, been done. But the kid wanted to accomplish this goal, right. this task. And I think when when you're when when you have that relationship going, whether it's a, a parent, a mentor, a swim buddy, really keeping human beings goal oriented is essential in the never quit mindset, right? Sure. I mean, at, at that age, he's you're still molding them, right? I mean, his logic and reason and all. That's that, why I asked yeah. him. I was like, "Hey, you're the the." How do we how do we ask him that question? The guy, the the older climber, as opposed to the younger climber, is that age ever contradicted itself? Because you don't have any fear at that age, right? Not well, real. Not, not, I think not, you got unrealistic fear, right? right. You're oh, afraid of the and boogeyman. It's, and, it's, and it's climbing experience, climbing <laughs> right. experience, right? Yeah. Like I would definitely, I did this when I was nine. I would not do it now when I'm <laughs> when I'm twenty. And I and I don't right? think he got that when we brought that. No, no, that. of course yeah, not. Yeah, he's still yeah, young. Yeah, he's still a young man, yeah. twenty years old, right in college. You, yeah. you and I watched that. Yeah. Uh, like we watched a. a documentary or watch somebody do it, I'm like, I wouldn't do that. No, no, they're like, would you go back? I get all you know, the time. bad that would hurt? Would you go back through hell yeah, week? No, no. No. What are you, dumb? No. I wouldn't have gone back through after <laughs> I, you know, I ever. And, and let me tell you something. Those teammates of ours are like, I mean, I know they're, they're badasses. They are. Yeah, but they're yeah. like, I'd go through hell week again. Liar. Liar. Or you didn't, <laughs> you didn't put out the first yeah, one then because yeah. that sucked. Yeah. I hated every Less than a second. That's the one thing we did that we should have asked Jordan. I go, hey, will you go do the seven again? You know, we didn't ask him. No kidding, right? I'm going to email him. I'm going to get that out there. Hey, yeah. So the influence of the father, the acceptance of discipline, the drive, and and I can't wait to get him in the after actions report to ask him more about the how-to. I mean, I just think they were a great guest. So if you're, you know, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter where, whether you're 13 you know, 23 or 73, there's always a chance if you want to get discipline, you want to set a lofty goal and you've got uh, or, a, not, or nine, nine <laughs> years old, nine, nine. And he got a positive role model or influence, you know, take on board the risk and get out there and go for something. Right, Marcus? Sure. Just go. And I mean, the, the, I learned so much just from the father son aspect of it. And you got to appreciate the fact that and every parent's like this. I do not want my son to even feel an ounce of pain. Yeah. But I, I know that I'm like, all right, I need to put him in a situation where he does, there's a chance he can get into it. And I want to see how he responds to it because better while I'm standing here than someone else. Someone else. Yeah. And that applies just when you're walking around in the supermarket or if you're strapped to Everest, right? right. Your dad's your dad. Yeah. His safety line is his safety line, right? And his baseline for being his dad is always going to be his baseline if you and I are strapped to Everest or if we're in the damn parking lot at the Walmart or whatever. And I, I just think that that's an important lesson, the valuable lesson you learn and see because of how focused this kid is. Yeah. And that's the baffling part about it. You see these kids that there's nightmares because their parents do not have any physical or, or a negative, negative yeah, kind of yeah. uh, resistance to them. And they're just terrible. The and implication the, of pain. And then you see the kids that are just squared away manners and everybody's like, oh, that kid's so wonderful. And my, but they still 
for whatever reason, look, he's like, yeah, but that, you know, he's, he's hard on him though. We don't want that. Discipline. Right. Yeah. But you just told me this kid right here is just the epitome of what every kid, what Should every, be. every parent would like to have. Right. But you just told me the way he that he parented that child is bad and the way where there's nightmares are running around. That's the way to do it? How's that work? Yeah. I think one of the key things in that and what you're saying is, man, you, when you can get your child invested or a young person invested or even yourself invested, there's going to be pain involved. There's, sure. And, and, and I think a, looking to advice from parents, here's the deal, man. When people, and don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate every little known fact or book that's ever been written about being a parent. But bottom line is, man, if you go asking somebody how to parent your child, that first of all, you don't even know, <laughs> or even if they have a child, I mean, you got a neighbor, a cousin, a brother, an fa- uncle, family, family, or a neighbor kind of that has these remarkable children. What they've, they've done. There's nothing wrong with asking them. Like, Hey man, I do that all, all the time. The time. Me every, too. every time I get, I see a kid. I'm like, Hey, Hey, yeah. What 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 would we do here? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. And, and it's one of those deals where don't be afraid to be a parent. No. That if you if it's in your gut and you're like, you know what, man, I, I read this and it's spo- I'm supposed to, but my kid doesn't respond to that. But I'm still gonna do it to him because yeah. the book says I have to. The book says it's right. Your child's telling you that, that he, he wants to learn a different way. Yeah. Kind of deal. And, and as a parent, man, that's he is so much of he's a part of you. Yeah. So obviously there's something in you that that can teach that kid Absolutely. what he needs to know. All he had to do is just be excited about doing it. And that's that's why I my entire life, my, Morgan and I just did everything we possibly could. So when it was time, after if we lived through all that stuff, yep. that it was time to pass that down. And that's the best part being the Hey, bro, you got to know that I live every day in my life. I look at myself like a Mr. Miyagi. I mean, I, the kids, I think we all the kids, think uh, you're the, Mr. Miyagi. The kids underneath this roof, man, the teenagers yeah. and stuff like that, I my best day is when, at the end of the day, when we're down the barn and I'm training like that. I'll, I'll make them work just, just to stretch out. Like yeah. Alan had to unload yeah. the trailer the other day. Wax on. Yeah. And so he unloaded the trailer, just threw the wood on the pile. And I was like, great job. You know, let's go work out. So I took him through the workout and hammer him. Then we come back to the pile. And I was like, you unload the trailer. Great job. He's like, thank you. I go, does that look like a great job? <laughs> and he looks at he goes, it looks pretty bad, doesn't it? I go, yeah. I know it's the wood pile, man, but take pride in stacking the It's yeah. behind my our barn. Yeah. It's part of our property. It's not junk. It's junk wood to some people, but it's not. Take pride in everything. So he had to un- undo the whole. You've seen the pile, yeah, bro. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, I mean, it's big. as big as a room. Yeah. You know, I, so he had to undo it and then stack it accordingly. Right. And I, when we were done, I was like, now tell me what, now, is what's it going through your head. Is it effective? He goes, I feel better. Now I walk past it. I don't stare at it like it's something that shouldn't be there. And I'm stronger. You know what I'm talking about? It's that, yes. it's, and it's the funniest pride. part about it. It's the littlest things. I mean, not only did I get some work done. Out of him, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is his, always a nice Right, his hands are hardened up. Yeah. We did the workout, and he learned a lesson, man. Take pride in whatever you do. And you know where I got that? Not only from my father, man, but I heard Steve Jobs talking about his daddy one day when he was talking about building a fence. or some Something like this, either him or, right. or, or one of the big billionaires. And uh, the back side of the fence looked horrible, his side. Yeah. And his dad goes, take pride in both sides of the fence. We may look at this side, but somebody else looks at the other. Always take, and that's why if you strip an Apple computer apart, it looks like magic in there. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? Uh oh, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely, it is, man. Absolutely. So take pride in that. And I, I mean, I see people all the time. They're like, you know, that was his deal. I am not going to adopt that. I'm like, what? Why would you not take that on board yeah. and teach your kid that? I do. Right. And that's what I was teaching Alan, and that didn't come from me. But 
I mean, I have no problem with adopting or, or, or taking on influencing other people. Yeah, man. Yeah. If I in see that and I write them down and I try, I hammer every one of them. I teach my kid every single one of them. So hopefully some of them will stick. Yeah. Not all of them will, but he'll, he'll remember that. Especially Alan, he'll, he'll do something one day like, man, the back looks like crap. Well, listen up. I'll tell you what, take pride on both sides of the fence right. and how you influence other people. Take pride in how many you're, how far you want to ascend in your life. Take pride in the fact that other people know more than you, but also take pride in Jordan's talk, uh, the way he talks about that discipline, that goal focus, that orientation, and to recognize that it's not easy. And to understand and live that never quit mindset. It's not supposed to be. It's, it's not, supposed, not to. supposed to be easy. Well, that wraps up this show. Uh, please come back. Uh, visit the TNQpodcast.com page or teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast to find the after actions report on this particular show and all the other shows that we've had come out. You can also find the TNQ podcast on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Stitcher. You can go to the website and listen to it on the website where we also have incredible merchandise, uh, shirts and hats and logos and designs. Please visit that and support us, all right? We, we're out here in our mission, Marcus and I and the rest of the Team Never Quit speakers and the Team Never Quit people around us, the wizard. Our mission in life is to help inspire you, right? To light that fire that's in your gut so you can hear these great stories to go out and become legendary yourself. That's our mission. That's why we're here. And if you feel like it, if you feel compelled to, we would love it if you were to write in to, on go to the website, teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast and write in and give us your greatest never quit story or shoot a video and, and show it and submit it. And if they're good, we're going to post them on the page. If they're really, really good, Marcus and I will read them on, on air. If they're incredible, Marcus, what are we going to do? Bring you on. We want to look at you in the eyes we're, when you tell that story. <laughs> we want you to come on and tell your story to the American people, to people around the world, because that's our mission, to help tell great stories that ignite lessons. So to end this show, as we always do, we always give thanks, man. And I'm going to start out. I, I just want to thank Marcus, and I want to thank the Wizard, and I want to thank everybody on Team Never Quit for giving me the opportunity to bring this positive message to people. I want to thank all my teammates. I want to thank my family and friends. I want to thank my father. I want to thank you, Pop, because without your influence in your, my life, I would never have been able to climb the mountains I've had to climb, and I would have never been able to come through the valleys as well. And I right. want to thank God. Marcus? I want to thank God for giving me abilities. Thank my friends for helping me find them, my teammates, and then my loving wife, the boss, the boss, kids, and this life that I live today, and everybody out there who listens to us and supports us. And, man, you know, I'll thank my dad. You use me mean SOB, man, but I loved you. You know what man, I mean? I cool. loved him, man. He made me the man I am, and it took me a little while to figure that out. You know, some of the, the way he taught me was different with, than the way his granddaddy taught him. It's the way I'm... I'm different the way I teach my son. It's the evolution of the men in our family. Thank, thank you for making me the man my brother and I have become. I owe you one on that one. I'll see you on one side or the other. Pops, love you.
All right, we're back at it, Marcus, here with Jordan and Paul Romero, the the dynamic duo, the father-son team that climbed seven of the tallest peaks in the seven continents around the world, and, and they did it all by the time. Jordan, when was your last climb? 14 years old, 13? 15. 15 was yeah. the last climb. From 9 to 15 years old, Really, just one of the most remarkable stories. One of the most touching stories to me. Nine? Nine. Was still wearing a diaper at nine. <laughs> I think I'm still wearing a diaper at nine. <laughs> I was definitely still peeing in my bed for sure. Oh, my God. I didn't even start surfing until I was I'm like still, 12. I think I'm know? still scared of things underneath my bed. <laughs> right? And Jordan's on one of the biggest peaks in the yeah, world. Yeah, I'm having nightmares of sharks and oh. stuff underneath my bed from watching Jaws. <laughs> I wouldn't even put my feet down in the bathtub at that age. This kid's up on Everest, man. I feel like a loser. What? So, well, Jordan, Paul, welcome back on for the After Actions Report. I hope you guys are having fun so far. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So this 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 section, as as our fans all know, this is the the how to section, right, Marcus? Yep. This is the first phase, second the peak, phase, the peak behind the curtain. This is the peak behind the curtain about how Jordan and Paul execute the, these incredible life lessons in their life now, and 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 how they continue, how they take these experiences and, and turn them into the things that make sure that their lives are are fulfilled, they're full of purpose every single day. Yeah, and I like to, my favorite one to throw in is like, man, I wish I'd have known that then. Oh my God, yeah. You know, that's what, going through all that, I mean, everybody has one of those. I, I tell you what though, with Buds, I'm glad I didn't know squat no, before. No, no. <laughs> You know what? Maybe we shouldn't do that, right? Maybe we shouldn't bring that up because if I, I'd be like, man, if I knew that, I'd, I'd damn I sure never gone, never gone I'm, through I'm that. Saying, Jordan, had you not known about that one down South America, you would have been like, nah, man, nah, 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 is, you know, as a son, uh, in, in dealing with uh, that parental influence and dealing with, you know, the things that really that you, 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 you gravitated towards Jordan, what are the, the specifics that you remember? What are the, the things that stick out? Was it the discipline, the accountability, the attention to detail? What are those things that, that young people really need to be focused on uh, from their parents? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's discipline as you met, as you uh, said, for sure. And just like, you know, there, there were times, like I said earlier, when I was like, definitely unmotivated and definitely, uh, definitely not feeling like training whatsoever or, or, you know, or even like wanting to uh, climb these mountains. And yeah, it was, it was a great deal of discipline that, that my dad had, uh, brought to me, I think, and just like, you know, staying on track and, and just staying consistent. I think it's, I like, what's definitely taught me is just like, it's all easy when it's not, when it's consistent. I feel like it's like in terms of like strength training and, and mental and mentally when it's consistent, man, you have it down like the back of your hand and everything like, but when it's not, you know, it's, it's just a lot, it's a lot harder for sure. Okay. Uh, Consistency, so, discipline. All right. I dig it. Yeah. How about you, Paul? Yeah. As, as a, as a parent passing those influences down, right? Those key ones at nine through 15, right? That transitional time where he's yeah. starting to gauge his law, his reason, his logic, his space time yeah. relationship. 
What are the things as a parent that you were really trying to drive home in him? Yeah, the, yeah, that's two pronged. The answer is commitment and respect, uh, constant gratitude and respect to the land and the Mother Earth that we're on, and definitely to the family and to the support that Jordan received. We skimmed over it lightly. The entire community of Big Bear, California, entire community supported, opened up their wallets and checkbooks and supported wow. us. And, and it was, uh, we could write a book this big on how, the, how, that, how that went down, which Jordan doesn't really even know how it even happened. But the community came out, and Jordan did show gratitude as much as a 10, 11, and 12-year-old could. They climbed it. it. But, yeah, that's all I needed. If, if, if I could, <laughs> if I could uh, do what differently, or certainly what was pivotal was 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 for Jordan and us to to show respect. I wish I could have done more. So, at the time, there's only so many waking hours in the day, and there's only so much oh, sure, calories yeah. you, can, you can put into that. We gave our gratitude and our thanks as much as we could. But my gosh, looking back, we could have never done it without the community pouring out their support and their heart for us, and his school teachers letting him just just you know do whatever to to restaurants and to people providing uh, uh, amenities that you, you can't believe in sponsors that so that respect and that and, and also the commitment to the whole thing was was, wow. was just what George here, woke here. up in the morning and against all odds against all other wishes you just got to do the hard work wake up and, and train and hit the barbell and drag a tire and eat well and eat clean and say no to your friends all day long about doing cool stuff instead I got to work for my goal wow all right, I got a question. Let me let me jump in. Uh, yeah, I got to go. Me, let me jump in real quick. So the kid that's not going to have the dad that's willing to take him to climb the peaks all over the world, right? Because he's got a single parent and they work twenty four seven. How does that kid yeah. take that curiosity and start becoming an adventure? What what's the what? How do they do that? Yeah, I mean it, they they it's and it's all about looking for support, right? Like it's it's. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had I had my dad who was who was who was already an incredible athlete, Karen as well, uh, loving mom who who would support uh, and do and uh, you know whatever I did anyway. I mean that that's just me, but like in order for other kids to look to that support, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, their parents. It could be other family members. It could be their teachers. It could be their their athletic coach or their their instructor it, it or or a close friend who in which they you know can mentor off, that's how your you know, boys are formed right there you know, from yeah. each other to to accomplish something they want to do well, I, got, I got a, i got a question yeah and I, and let me i'll explain it using kind of my own reference and i don't know this this is probably it's not shouldn't yeah. be for paul because he's going to give the, this answer so are you a naturally gifted climber like you can just tie a knot after because i wasn't a naturally gifted navy seal no that's like, for sure yeah I, I can attest to that here's my instructor, I instructor I, i'm horrible and he I, was a pain in my I, I mean i can just <laughs> take a beating i mean that's it really man and i just was was good at, you at most of it right, yeah, yeah you know what i mean but these guys who are natural <laughs> runners shooters and i i mean I, I was like i was just happy to be here you know i was just so honored to be there that's i worked my ass off just to maintain that that level you know what i mean there's guys like that there's the naturals and then there's the guys who have to i mean what you do you're gonna get your ass kicked anyways yeah, yeah. i mean it being in, yeah. in some of those situations if you are the natural climber when you do get hit is they those guys have the toughest time with it and i was just wondering man is it yeah and yeah, I mean, I and I'm, and I'm sure my dad could say the same. You know, he he worked hard to 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 get where he is, and just and just dedicating, you know, decades of his of of his life to to something he's he's so passionate about. And now it's it's consistency. You know that that's 
you know, keeping, you know, him to, you know, the, the guy who he is, uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm young and I'm, I'm literally like bonking everywhere that I walk they're into. You know, that's what you're supposed like to be doing right out, there, you know, man. Basically. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. All right, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, and, and I'm, and I'm having that trouble too. I mean, you know, skiing too, you know, for me, who's, who's a lot bigger, you know, for, you know, being in a sport that definitely favors, you know, people who are smaller, you know, who can jump in the air and who can like take more impact like that, you know, for me, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like harder, uh, a little bit more work that I'll have to put into a sport like that, that I wasn't probably so gifted in the first place. I mean, mountain climbing, you know, from years of training for that. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a talent skill. And I guess, uh, more, more of a strength, I guess I have, you know, in terms of like, just, just uh, climbing up, and I think like yeah, it's there's there's drive. You know, once the summit is close by, that I'm just kicking it. Can't believe the drive. Can't believe the drive. All right, all right. So Paul, obviously, man, with what you do, and 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 man, we we I think all of us realize just the wealth of knowledge that you have. So uh, we, we're gonna get you back on the show, and we really want to dig into the philosophy behind you know, finding that, that performance threshold, right? Cause we're, uh, we're all fascinated. We're all Navy SEALs and, and, and the training plays such an epic role in, in, in taking those great natural skill sets, the great genetic skill sets and expanding them into those performance thresholds that you never really, you know, beyond the limits, so to speak. So, but uh, we're, we're going to bring you back on, but to, to just for Look this for segment, and as, as you start looking, there's a lot of people out there that have dreams or they have these desires, they want to take the risk, but they don't understand how to ignite training. So what is your recommendation to the fathers, the mothers, the mentors, or even the, the young people that are out there? How do they ignite the proper training regimen? Well, that's a uh, big Pandora's box there, right? You've uh, uh, you asked a question that, that really... I bring it back to one's one's goals and one's life aspirations. That sounds really cliche and really grandiose, but I I I, I believe that so many people are following paths that are just so so dead end and so yeah, somebody already somebody already so made them society driven and so uh, and, uh, somebody made them. The guys at the work are all doing X Y and and all the gals are doing you know Y Z and so that's what we've got to do. And suddenly you just get you you know into these rabbit holes that, that, that just, so I, I ask people to really reflect deep and hard. What do you think about when your head's on the pillow and you look at the ceiling and you got trouble falling asleep? What I ask, I really ask people to, to dig deep and reflect into what would what possibly drive them. And only then can you get people on a proper path. And then that path is just a six lane freeway where, where, you know, finding the right mentors and finding the right and finding the right resources around you to, to help guide that path for you becomes so no, much no, easier. No, no, I, I do the I, same I, I hope, thing. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Uh, whereas I, I had I had, a, had a new client to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, okay, I need you to, you know, she, we just accomplished an, an, an amazing uh, an event. It was an, uh, an ultra marathon. She got done. She was like, hey, I, I need you to tell me what's next. I go, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, man, this is where you, you, you provide the goal. I provide the freeway. And uh, so it's, but it's getting people to understand what that goal is and, and, and then find it it's much like Jordan did, uh, but finding the resources and finding those right mentors to, to guide you along the way. 
And without that, we just I can put people on amazing programs and all kinds of killer strength programs and put them on nutrition and adaptogens to, to no end and uh, mobility programs and all of that. And just kind of you're on a treadmill and just kind of going nowhere. You can look good and you can make some physical, but in order to, to find that ultimate potential, it's got to be completely true to yourself. Uh, absolutely. So the last question that I got for you, Jordan, is, is man, uh, I tell you, it, what is the daily practical advice that you want to give to the, our listeners right now, the people that are are searching for their never quit attitude, right, Marcus? The, they're, they're wondering where, hey, how do I, maybe they're not going to be SEALs, maybe they're not going to climb Everest, but they need to find that moment. So what is the daily practical advice that you want to give them right now, Jordan? I mean, yeah, <laughs> dude, the basic the the life advice i would give is is you know what what if like what if today was your last day like what if you don't know i mean like that's that's Epic. that's the only thing i could say it's uh you know i mean you know life is so beautiful and rich you know and coming from like you know even a near death experience like like the avalanche you know that's what really that that's what really reminded me how how rich life was and just how much you know potential there is and it's 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 a different situation for everyone, but like honestly, the the best advice I can say is you know just set a goal of yourself. You know, just set something that you know is going to be realistic. Set something that's not going to be that's not going to happen overnight. Set some uh, set something that's going to take weeks, months, or years to accomplish. And the and you know break it down day by day and just contribute one day at a time to. Um, to do it. And that's the best way to wrap your, that's the best way to wrap your head around. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, that, that's the advice I can say. And, uh, you know, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm just a college student and I'm currently, uh, that that's kind of my biggest focus right now with between that and skiing. And I, I know my passions have definitely shifted, uh, over the past. Good. You're growing into a man, years. dude. That's <laughs> what that means. Best out of every one of those, you know, I want to, I want to, be, I want to be a humanitarian. Um, uh, I want to. I want to be a humanitarian that's incorporating uh, sustainability to that, and uh, and going to and going to countries, you know, in Africa and all around the world, you know, in order to, um, you know, bring br- bring basic human rights, um, you know, to, to to those people's needs. And, you know, also, I mean, yeah, with skiing, you know, that's something I'm just trying to, I, I could ramble on for days, but, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's just, you know, just, just do it. I think, you know, with, with your passion, you know, it's, it, there's, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be all sorts of stuff that's going to set you back, but you know what, man, just, just push on through and just, and just, just say, you know, F it, man, like, quit. just die, just dive in nose first and, and uh and just well that's good advice <laughs> i'd say that's some pretty amazing advice uh marcus what do you think bud and, yeah i and, mean it's credible and, and and i'd like to add on that too i think that you know when 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 shit hits the fan and you're just and you're and you're worried and that and this is a this is a personal like fear of mine that i've been having to overcome you know i think stepping outside my comfort zone i think like you know with traveling you know for example and you're just like and when you're stuck in those moments that you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. 
the way I'm looking at it more now, I think it's like, oh, well, you're going to have like an awesome story to tell later on, you know, getting drunk with someone or uh, Look, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always just know that everything's going to work out. You know, like it's all going to work out in the end. And that, I love it. That, that's, Man, that's hey, look, it. It, 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 it's, that's right. All right, you've actually just summed up yeah, you, yeah, what and most like, men. You, you, stress, you can only stress about it to to a certain extent, you know, whatever. Yeah, what, what good is that going to do? Should I, worry, well, should I worry about it? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's not going to do any good. Look, here, what you you touched on, this is that's the best part about it, man, and, and your youth, you, that you know that. And the way I look at it is, like, I always saw myself doing it. And the SEALs, man, we're a big fan of movies. Yeah. So growing up, man, I mean, watching the, 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 the yeah. superheroes and then watching the Black Dragon Theater with the martial artists. <laughs> I mean, you watch that and then you're like, you go, I mean, you're talking about how do you get into doing what you want to do? I'm like, man, just watch it and see yourself doing it. And we didn't have the iPads and stuff like that back in the day. And I remember, hand to God, dude, we'd get done doing something, get in the car for a long road trip. I would literally picture myself on a dirt bike racing alongside the car and jumping through the medians and over the bill, awesome. you know, kind of just visualizing, visualizing what you, and once you see it, I mean, that's key, right? On a climb, you look up and you're like, oh, I got to make it to that, pre- that, that face right there. And then you see the pattern in your head and you're like, all right, there's danger there, but I can handle that kind of pain. Right. So as you see yourself doing it and then you get into it and a perfect example, we were talking about like, I've seen a river runs through it probably 500 times. And I went fly fishing the other day and was horrible at it. Okay. It doesn't make you good at it. It just gives you the will to try it. And I was so motivated by what I saw and I saw myself doing it in my head that I, I worked to get to that. Yeah. You know, you You work to get to it. Right. So when the, when you do achieve that, the reward, being a Navy SEAL, man, I remember during Hell Week around the world, I was look, I looked at my boat crew and I was like, oh my God, we are in the books. We're in the <laughs> movies right now. And I just was so stoked, man. And that's, life is an adventure, man. And you see yourself doing it. And just like you said, brother, you get dropped off in the middle of nowhere and you're looking, everyone's looking at you and it's about to be a knife fight. You're like, this is going to be one hell of a story. Let's get it on. You know what I mean? That, that is how I live yeah. life, man. You're, you're on it, brother. Keep Oh, my God. From the words of the man himself, Dude, man. You fire, hey, you guys fire me up, man. You know, you know hear, hearing, hearing Jordan say that is really a development. So he, Jordan has always been, I said it earlier, he was the safety officer. Okay? It was timelines. It was guidelines. And he'd be looking at me and Karen in the face like, dude, we, we, the shit, we're supposed to be turning around. We're supposed to be going to plan B right now. And, uh, and, uh, now here just to hear him say, well, shit, let's just roll with it. We're going to make a story. This is him progressing into a man and less stressful and, uh, uh, less stressed out, not worrying about things so much. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty yeah. funny, pretty funny for me to hear. These Cause you've got stuff. the talent. You've got the, you've got the, the skills now. That's awesome. As a father, well, gents, listen, I, I just want to say it's been uh, such a privilege and, and Paul, we're looking forward. We're going to get you back on here. We're going to dig into some of the the real intricacies of 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 real high level performance, so people can break down the you know how to do it and all that. So, but before we go, we really want to say, you know, where can people buy the books, Jordan? Yeah. Where can they find you, Paul, and your company, uh, Jordan? Why don't you first start and your website and your books and all that, and then go to you, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my books are available on Amazon.com, both. The Boy Who Conquered Everest and No Summit Out of Sight. No, su- no Summit Out of Sight is the tell-all. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the full chapter book that explains pretty much my life from when I, uh, from when I first hopped in the car, told my dad I wanted to climb the seven summits till 
that age, uh, 16, 17. And uh, The Boy Who Conquered Everest is kind of a scrapbook-style um, book that um, that ju- that's that's just kind of an overview and just kind of, like, simplifies it a lot more. So Great for kids. They're, 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 yeah, for, for kids. All right, so, Paul, where can people find you in Uprise Performance? Yeah, UprisePerformanceCamps.com. Um, a, a performance uh, camp and coaching and mentoring program based in B.C., up in Squamish and Whistler, and now also branching out to Maui. So I provide uh, uh, very holistic style consulting, coaching, and programming for uh, average Joes on up to elites and, uh, and expert professional athletes. Um, it's a good time. I'm up in there in Squamish, BC, most of the time, most beautiful place on earth, and we're branching out to Maui here at the end of this year to uh, optimize athletes all the time. It's what well, I, I mean, you're, you're subject well, zero there. Yeah, is yeah. To, yeah, I mean, obviously it works. Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty it, much given. Yeah, you're one of those guys who you know you you, you don't you talk about it, and then like, uh, and you got something to back it up. You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, he's good Thank to you. go. But you got to have the purpose, uh, right? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. well, listen. Yeah, it's crucial. Jordan, Paul, thank you guys so much. And and here Gentlemen. here's another thing that we do is is you know you have another fantastic never quit story that happens in your life. You just give us a call. Right, and you come back. You, we'll we'll have a spot ready for you. Come back on. You yeah, if you need something. If we, you, you, know, need you need something. You need from something, us, man. Holler we're, up. We're here for you. you. Know, that's that's the way it works. So we're, we're out here just trying to piece together, you know how the greatest how, never yeah, quit stories. Right, ever you know how, how human we all are, and how much alike we all are, and and just God, it's every time you, you guys, guys come on here and do out that. and sharing it with the world. Like Jordan started off by saying, what you guys are doing for the world with this podcast is, is astounding. We're two huge new fans of yours and we're blessed to be a part of it. That's Thank so cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks you guys. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks gentlemen. Ma- Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs> Have a great one. Yep. We're, we're out. out.